When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, it's superb to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. We wouldn't be here without the great people at Berwick BMW. You're going to be down there later in the month for an OB. Make sure you wait. come on down. Have a look at their EVs. They are next level. The Series 7 sedans, my glory-filled days, your, your jaw will drop when you see it. Uh, so the great people at Berwick BMW, great to have you back on board. Book your summer service today at Berwick BMW. And Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, Peter Harby about to join us for... Um, historian at the Hawthorne Footy Club, but Trent in Kyneton has jumped on the line. Trent, yes. why have you called us, Trent? Trent, Trent, are you there? Oh, don't tell me he's dropped out. He has. Oh, Trent. Don't tell me he has. Is he dropped out? Trent's dropped out. He called because he heard. The secret He sound. heard this. Now, there was a full board of calls. There was. Because every day we're going to play that. Rod's going to play it every day. And if you the first one through, you're going to win well, a prize. I'm going to give Trent the chance to call back because he's picked up a Signet Boost Power Bank valued oh, at fifty nine ninety five. He's also picked up the goat of Melbourne Mexican food. Wait on. It's... Wait on. He's there. Oh, is he? So you can tell him what he's won. Trent, have we got you back? Yeah, mate. Sorry about that. Oh, oh Trent. You What's he... this would is... put us on hold or something, did you? <laughs> Again, no, no you... I didn't, Keith. But what have Hello? you given? What have, uh, what's Trent, Trent won, mate? Hey, Trent, you with us? <laughs> Just give him his yes, prize. Yes. Oh, Trent, you picked up a prize because oh. you've uh, identified the secret sound. Congratulations. You've got the Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at fifty nine ninety five. Yes. You power 24-7, any device you 24 want. 24 hours a, a day. day. And you've you. also picked up, uh, if you like a bit of Mexican, the goat of Mexican, Melbourne Mexican food, is the La Cabra. And you've picked Superb. up a $50 La Cabra voucher. Both those prizes coming your way. Deliciously powerful <laughs> prizes. Good luck to you. And every day, we, we every day until the prizes run out. So probably the whole year, we will have the secret sound. True. Every day. And hopefully Rod will be here every day to play it. And Ooh. it's become an integral part of our show in a very short period yes. of time. People look forward to it. Mm. It's like the little hook in the old Jeff Hook. Cartoons that we mentioned last week. Yes. Yeah, every morning you'd get the sun mm. and you'd look for the little hook. Where's he got it this week? Some weeks were easy yep. to find, others were not so easy. It's not, a, it's not a novel idea. A lot of programs do it, but not with the style tell you that what, we deliver. Pete Haby is going to – he'd remember the hook in the Jeff Hook uh, awesome. cartoons in the, uh, in the Herald back in the uh, early days. He's been contributing to the Hawthorne Football Club, well, officially since 1978 – Probably uh, from an emotional perspective started before that. The AFL Life Membership Awards were handed out uh, today. They're all announced. And, and principal amongst them all and coveted, uh, as it should be, is the Jack Titus Recognition of Service Award. Uh, it's awarded to people who go way beyond the call of duty to contribute to their footy club. And Peter Haby has done that as the historian uh, and museum curator of the Mighty Hawks. And he's been good enough to join us. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. And congratulations. Well, oh, thanks, buddy. It's great. Was it? Where did? What was when you first heard that this award was being uh, handed to you? What was your reaction? Well, Gil McLaughlin actually rang me up about a month ago. Yes. And uh, fortunately, I recognised the voice on the phone, and I uh, 
we end up having quite a chat for about 10 minutes on the start of footy in Melbourne and uh, the Hawks Museum. It was really good. That's great, mate. Fantastic stuff. How did you get into it? So you started back at Hawthorne in, officially in 19... You, your CV, your list of uh, your commitment to the Hawthorne footy club has been put out by the AFL um, alongside the you know, announcement of you being the recipient it's this outrageous. year. Well, Hawthorne footy club research at the MCC VFL and state libraries, you started back in 1978. Why? What was your what was your, your hook into the Hawthorne footy club? Uh, when I was in grade three at Heighton State School... <laughs> Down at Geelong, um, Mum put a Cornish card in my play lunch, and it happened to be Butch Pryor. Yes. This is back in 1949, and Jeez. that's when the love affair started. And Mum was a full-on cat supporter, and uh, years later we found out that Mum kept the Geelong cards and gave all the other cards <laughs> to her kids. That's where it started from. Just fell on. It might sound uh, uh, odd, but it was the brown and gold colours that Butch Pryor was wearing, the brown Guernsey with the gold V. Now, what can you tell us about Butch Pryor? Well, it's got the, the, the Butch Pryor story. Um, well, he was uh, he, he topped the golf kicking at Hawthorne for three years in a row there in the late 40s. Yeah. And he played through to about 52. Um, and then years later, uh, we put an ad. This is when I was uh, uh, hunting uh, a Maybloom Scurnsey for the... Uh, club collection when we started up the museum at Glen Ferry um, I put an ad in Hawk Talk and uh, Butch Pryor's wife rang me up to say, I was teaching at the time and uh, she rang me up while I was in class and said uh, that I uh, had my facts wrong um, uh, at that time at that time Hawthorne had forgotten that uh, they were christened the Hawks in 1943 and they just assumed that um, they were the Hawks in 1950 when they went to the vertical stripes. And uh, she rang me up to say, well, she's got a Guernsey that matches the description, but it was a Hawks Guernsey. Mm. Um, and uh, that, that uh, and then she, she brought it in and presented it to the museum. And so uh, my childhood hero when I was about six or seven, um, uh, what would that be, 60, uh, 50 years later or something like that, I met his wife and... Uh, she passed over to the Guernsey, which uh, to this day is our oldest Guernsey in our collection. Um, that was from 1949. Oh, Gee, wow, what a beautiful that's a great story. Well, it leads into my question, Pete, and that was when you go through and uh, you look at all the the incredible history of the Hawthorne Football Club, and when you're doing the research to do all this, what's the thing that, that jumps out the most? Is there something in particular that... Hawthorne fans have perhaps uh, don't focus in on uh, enough, or is there something, uh, a little bits of information that that, that maybe uh, has excited you when you've gone through it all? Uh, well, I, I, I did a lot uh, setting up the hard way, the book for Harry Gordon, yeah, although yeah. Harry wasn't on board at that time, and back in 84, he came in later. And Hawthorne... Um, at that time, I only wanted to write their history book from 1961 when they won their first flag. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brian Cannon and a couple of the guys who played in the second 18s uh, side that won the 58-59 second 18s premiership, they said, well, shouldn't we be part of the history? And uh, eventually, after a few debates and chats in the club, uh, they thought they'd uh, go back to 1925 when they actually joined the VFL. Uh, and then the mystery was 
Uh, at that time, they thought Hawthorne initially started in 1873, uh, and that proved to be uh, not correct. Uh, we actually started in 1902, mm. and um, we played our first number of years in the Metropolitan uh, Football Association until 1913, and then joined the VFA uh, for nine years. And uh, that part of Hawthorne's story was completely forgotten or wasn't kept a record of it. I, I put a lot of that down to Hawthorne never had any success. Yeah. And you really only keep your successful stuff yeah. and the stuff that's not successful eventually finds its place in the trash can. <laughs> right. Where was the first home ground, Peter? Beg your pardon? Where was that, though, going back to 1907, I think it was, mm. the year where you, you've narrowed it down to the official commencement of the footy club? No. No? no, Hawthorne, Hawthorne started in 1902. Oh, two. Where was their first home ground? Um, well, they initially started at uh, Grace Park, which is Glen Ferry, yep. and uh, then they moved to, uh, I've got to get the order right, the Richmond Race Course for one year. Yeah. They played at Punt Road for one year, and then they played at um, the Old East Melbourne um, uh, Football Ground, which was down near the MCG where the rail yards were. Uh, which was also the Essendon home ground before they went to Windy Hill. And uh, in uh, 1906, um, the sports ground was opened up and uh, Hawthorne returned and uh, played there for a hundred... Well, the club was there for a hundred years. Uh, and they eventually went and played home games up at Princess Park in 73. Yeah. And then uh, moved to the MCG... Uh, moved to Waverley and across 91, 92 and then... The MCG and uh, the end of '99, start with the start of 2000. So, so let me from that 1902 beginning. Looking at your CV again here, Peter, we go to 1996, and amongst the many things that you've you've done for the footy club, you're a member of the operation the Operation Payback Steering Committee. We remember what was going on in the end of 1996 season. It was a pivotal moment for the footy club. Well, what was the what was Operation Payback? all about, and, and what was your role on that committee? Oh, we had all sorts of roles. Um, uh, well, uh, the club the club uh, became bankrupt virtually, uh, and they couldn't get uh, the money from the banks. Uh, Melbourne were looking for facilities uh, and had the money, uh, they didn't have the facilities and they thought they could get together. But the Hawthorne members, uh, led by Don Scott and Leon Rice, um, they had a bit of a campaign that uh, the members should have a, a voice. Yep. Uh, uh, did the members want to retain an individual club called the Hawthorne Footy Club? And that sort of struck a chord with the majority of the, the members and uh, they voted for it, uh, the club to... Uh, uh, stay as its own entity. Was it, did you ever have any genuine fears that, that it might have been the end? Oh, yes. Uh, we all went to that last game against Melbourne in uh, 96, which we call the merge match, where yep. we won by a point. We all went there thinking that was possibly the last time Hawthorne would play because uh, I think most of the members I knew, if uh, Hawthorne and Melbourne merged, they would have walked away from footy a lot like what happened with Fitzroy supporters and uh, yep. the, uh, the uh, South Melbourne supporters. 
Did you ever ask Chris Langford for that jumper as he walked off the ground and took the jumper off and thrust it towards the fans in the stands? Did you ever ask Chris for, for that jumper for the museum? Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, at, uh, we uh, After the merge, uh, we uh, ran what was called the Captain's Pie Night. It was the first function uh, um, uh, to get the club back together again. And uh, we invited all the living captains at that time. Dunstall was the current captain. And I wrote it to, because uh, there's no emails in those days, no. I wrote a letter to Chris Langford asking about his Guernsey. And uh, on the night of uh, when we had all the captains lined up on stage and when he walked on stage, he, I could see he had a Hawthorne Guernsey wrapped up and he just threw the Guernsey at me and said, that, that's for you, Pete, <laughs> you look after it. That is fantastic. Um, Oh, Langers, you know, those guys from the 80s and the 70s, they're, uh, they're very appreciative of uh, what we call um, the Past Players Trophy Room, which is the museum. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris was good like that. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, Pete, Pete, when you talk about that, what was your most fondest memory, your, your, your best era that you went through? Because you've been able to see a few eras of success along the journey. Uh, is, does well, anything... That, 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 and my best memory of Hawthorne is after the merge meeting, uh, we went back to the past players at Glen Ferry and uh, celebrated, and uh, that's when we met Ian Dicker for the first time. And, uh, oh, I don't know, way past midnight, we thought we'd go and have kick, kick to kick on the oval and see who could kick the furthest torpedoes and do fingertip marks and all that hmm. sort of stuff. And these are all these semi-middle-aged ancient people and uh, we had school the next day. <laughs> don't know how I got to school, but uh, about four o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call, and uh, it was Don Scott on the phone. He said, Peter, we've still got a club. Oh, yeah, perfect. And uh, that's uh, the best memory I've got of Hawthorne because if uh, Scotty and Leon hadn't have done what he did, uh, you wouldn't be having this conversation with me now. Last one before we let you go. Who's the of, of all the people you've documented and all the people who hold such a special place in you know the museum and the history of your footy club? In the history, and you can only have one, Peter. There's no dancing around the edges here. Who's the most important person in the history of the Hawthorne Football Club? Uh, the most important person. Mm. Uh, well, if I can say the most important person as regards a player. Uh, particularly in the 80s, that was Chris Mew. Uh, mm. Alan Jones used to delight in telling Dermot and uh, mm. and uh, Dipper that he actually would, on a Thursday night, put uh, Chris Mew's name up at centre-half back and then build a side around Chris. And uh, those two guys, according to Alan at the time, they were just add-ons. Right. <laughs> Which, uh, sort it's... of gets up the nose of Dipper and Dermot. <laughs> sure but, it does. Uh, uh, it's you not. Can I'm not how, you can imagine how Jersey would have enjoyed that. I'm sure he would have. I'm not. It's not the answer I was expecting from you, Peter. I must say, but it's a delightful one. Thanks for joining us, mate. We've only scratched the surface. When you make a contribution or footy club, the type that you've made to Hawthorne, uh, you can never encapsulate it in a ten or twelve minute chat. But we just wanted to, uh, on behalf of everybody here, yes. acknowledge your contribution and your receiving of the award and give you a, a, a pat on the back for it. So keep up the good work. Um, and thanks for joining us on the show this afternoon. Oh, thanks, guys. All the best. Good on you. Peter Haby, the Pete. recipient of the Jack Titus Award for Services Beyond the Call of Duty to his footy club.